so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. I'm looking forward to sharing uh, a message from God's Word. Uh, you may have noticed, especially if you're in the building, uh, that I'm not actually here, but I'm on the screen. Uh, we're at away at a wedding uh, this weekend, uh, but through the wonder of technology, I'm still able to share the Word uh, with you this morning. Uh, so uh, I want to pray. Uh, we're continuing our series on John, uh, the good news of Jesus, according to John. Uh, So I'm going to pray and then uh, we're going to jump into John chapter 6 this morning. Uh, So I encourage you to pray with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. And we just declare now that Jesus is the bread of life. And I pray this morning that uh, as we come to this word about Jesus, that we would find sustenance in your word. But above all else, that we would find sustenance in Jesus this morning. We ask not for a material filling or a physical filling, but a spiritual filling this morning as we come to your word and as we come to the word, Jesus Christ. May we be filled with his presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. During the week uh, that's just passed, I uh, was picking my children up from school, uh, my three sons, and uh, there was a bit of chit-chat on the way to the car, but when we hopped into the car, the first question was one that if if you're a parent or an auntie or an uncle or someone who regularly uh, cares for children, you've probably heard this question or one like it, and it was, what's for afternoon tea? Uh, and so uh, it's a regular question, but this time I thought, oh, and I said to the boys, there's more to mum and dad than just filling your stomachs. Uh, there's more to mum and dad than just what can we eat next. Uh, but what was for afternoon tea was the question. Uh, short, short answer in case you're really curious about that. I made the boys some custard. Uh, I'm not a genius chef. We've got a Thermomix. That's how that happened. Um, But guess what question they asked me minutes after finishing the custard? What's for dinner? And so, you know, uh, children are a little bit less filtered than us. They're they're a little bit more open. If they think something, they'll say it. And and, and so, you know, they're thinking about what's next to eat. Uh, we might filter our comments a little bit more than them or our questions, but, but so often our minds too are focused on what can we eat next? What's my need right now and how can it be filled? And so in the reading today, uh, we have this story of 5,000 hungry men, their wives, the women, the children. Uh, so more than 5,000 people likely uh, were gathered there and they were hungry. And as the reading tells, there there was a miraculous sign from Jesus. They they started with just a small boy's uh, a boy's small lunch, five loaves and fishes, and they all had their fill, and then twelve basket full, twelve baskets of leftovers was gathered. Again, it's, a, it's a, like this story of, of uh, Jesus turning, turning water into wine. Jesus' answer to our lack is abundance. 
But then after this story, uh, which we didn't read this morning, but we have the, the, the telling of Jesus walking on water. He, he sent his disciples away across the, the lake. He, he sent the, the crowds away. And then he walked across the water uh, to his disciples' boat and, and they crossed to the other side. And then in John chapter 6, verse 25, uh, we, we see the crowds discovering where Jesus has gone. And it says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? They were confused. They saw the disciples go out in the boat. Jesus wasn't in it. But the next day, Jesus is on the other side where the boat went. And so they were looking for Jesus. And Jesus answered them, didn't tell them how he got there, but he says, very truly I tell you, You were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And so Jesus knew their hearts. They saw the signs, but they didn't so much see them as signs that pointed to who Jesus is, as we've been talking about in our journey through John. They saw the sign, but they didn't really see the sign. Jesus knew their hearts. They were looking for bread. They developed an expectation of Jesus. They, they saw the sign and thought he was a prophet. And so they developed an expectation of Jesus as being the one who fills their stomachs. And so often this is how we see Jesus. We see Jesus as the one who will meet my physical need. We see Jesus as the one who will meet my material need. We see Jesus as the one who, who is merely about bringing fullness to my stomach. And so this crowd, they'd had dinner. Now they were looking for breakfast. It's always the next question. What's the next meal? And we might might make light of this. We might think it's like our children just asking what's what's next, but but this was a very real need need for these people. They couldn't just go to the fridge. Uh, Most people live day to day, and so the thought of someone who can provide for their hunger, was appealing. And I get it, because I too love bread. In the story of Jesus turning water to wine, we we see that he didn't just turn water into okay wine, he turned the water into what was described as the best wine. And so you've got to believe that Jesus' bread would have been the best too. It would have been like quality, artisanal, bread i get it i would have wanted more too and so they were they'd had dinner they were looking for breakfast they saw jesus as the one who who satisfies their physical hunger who fills their stomach but jesus tries to shift their perspective and and so in verse 26 to 29 of chapter 6 it says that jesus answered them very truly i tell you You were looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And then he continues, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one who sent him. And so Jesus tried to shift their focus from the physical 
to the spiritual. Uh, as we've been talking about all through John, the, the aim of John's gospel, the aim of Jesus, as told in John's gospel, is to lead us to belief in him. And so Jesus tries to shift them from believing he's the one who can merely fill their stomachs to believing in him for eternal life. And, and, and so he encourages them to believe in him. And, and then in verse 30 and 31, the, the crowds respond. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And so they say, Well, okay, Jesus, we will believe in you. If that's what God requires of us, we will believe in you, but we'd like to see a sign. And could that sign possibly be bread? Because we're hungry. They refer back to this story of, of Israel in the, in the wilderness. And, and this is the time when, when Israel had been freed from Egypt uh, by the almighty hand of God. And they were in the wilderness. And they grumbled and complained because they were hungry. History repeats and repeats and repeats. And so God provided them bread from heaven. In the Bible, we talk about it as manna. It, it was like a bread. It was like a flaxseed or, or something like that. We don't really know what it was like. Uh, but the Bible describes it as such. And, and they would gather it off the ground. It would fall like dew overnight, we're told, and they would gather it off the ground. Uh, they would gather just enough for one day or, or the day before the Sabbath. They would gather just enough for two days. And so God provided for their physical hunger with bread from heaven. And it was the prophet Moses who was, who was leading Israel at this time. Uh, and so the, the people at Jesus' time are saying, well, well Moses was the prophet and he gave us bread. He gave Israel bread to eat. If you're a prophet, we want to believe in you. But could you give us a sign? And we kind of like the idea as bread being the sign. Just, just like Moses gave bread, can, can you give bread, Jesus? Can you fill my stomach with that artisanal bread that you fed us with yesterday? And so Jesus and John, who's recording this for us, is urging us to believe in him that we might be saved, but they are stuck on what's for breakfast. So Jesus continues to teach them. It says, Jesus said to them in verse 32, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is talking about spiritual bread, spiritual nourishment. But they respond in verse 34, Sir, they said, always give us this bread. It's an echo of the woman at the well in John chapter 4 who says, Sir, give me this water. 
you can see them thinking, yes, now he gets it. He understands that we want bread. He's talking about giving us true bread that we'll never get hungry. This sounds like special bread. I want that kind of bread. Give me that bread, Jesus. They're still locked into what's for breakfast. And as we read through this, we might think, oh, geez, they're a bit slow on the uptake, aren't they? But we all live there so often. We all live in this place so often of seeking Jesus for what he can give us in this life. We so often get locked into Jesus providing our breakfast, our lunch, our dinner, our morning tea, our afternoon tea, our car, our house, our parking space, our health, our healing. And, you know, parking spaces may be a little bit trivial, but, um, you know, I, I confess I have said, Jesus, I need a carpet, parking space right now. Close to the entrance would be really good. We all get locked into seeking Jesus for what we think we need right now. And like these people who we think, gee, they're so slow to realize what Jesus is talking about, we get locked in to thinking what we need, thinking about what we need right now when we come to Jesus, and, and we become blind to what we really need. We all fall into this trap of only seeking Jesus for breakfast when Jesus all along is saying, I'm what you really need. And so they say in verse 34. Always give us this bread. They're still thinking about their stomachs. And so in verse 35, we're told that Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so Jesus' response is that he is the true bread from heaven that satisfies the deepest needs of our soul. And so he's not talking about a magical kind of bread that if he gives it to you, I remember the story of the magic pudding growing up, um, classic Australian story, uh, maybe missing big chunks of it, but the general idea is you eat the pudding and it kind of grows back and, and, and it's infinite pudding. Jesus is not talking about a loaf of bread that never runs out. That kind of thing happened in the Old Testament uh, where, where the, the woman's oil and the woman's flour never ran out as long as there was famine and it fed her and her son and the prophet Elijah. That was, that was this kind of story and they may be thinking about this kind of thing where they want this special bread that never runs out, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, I am the bread that you need. He's saying that he is the one that truly satisfies. He's saying you're looking to fill your stomachs and there's a deeper need that you're blind to that only I can satisfy. And so he's saying just as the father through Moses offered manna to fill the stomachs of Israel to satisfy their physical hunger, the father is now offering his son Jesus as true bread to satisfy the deepest hunger spiritually of all people for all time. 
there's so much in this chapter uh, of Jesus talking about what it means for him to be the bread of life and, and we're not going to have time to examine every verse but I really encourage you during this week to spend some time in John chapter 6. Uh, just feed on this bread if we continue in that metaphor. But I want to jump to verse 47. Here Jesus says, Very truly I, w- I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. And so the bread that Israel ate, the the manna, sustained for a while, but they died. The scriptures tell us that death entered the world through sin. And, And so the manna in the wilderness was not, the answer it was a temporary answer to a temporary hunger they ate and they were hungry again the next day they ate and they were hungry again the next day and ultimately they died but jesus says he is the living bread a different kind of bread jesus is the bread of life and so he says if we eat this bread we will never die he's talking talking about eternal life which last week we we talked about eternal life is now and forever through belief we enter into this life now through belief in jesus we have eternal life now but it's also the promise of everlasting life in the presence of god and so we may die physically in fact most of us will unless the lord returns before then but if we believe in jesus if we eat this bread then we have that life And so the question is, how do we eat this bread? How do we eat the bread of life that Jesus is talking about? In John chapter 6, verses 53 to 56, Jesus says this about eating the bread. He says, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And so Jesus speaks about eating his flesh and and, and drinking his blood. How do we do that? And so... If we're people that have spent some time in the church, then we'll instantly start to think about communion right now. Eating Jesus' flesh. He he told us, he broke bread and told us, this is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. He said, this cup is my blood and, and drink this in remembrance of me. And so is John talking about Communion here is this, you know, communion is how we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus or, or another name for it might be is the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or the Thanksgiving. There's lots of different names to this symbolic meal that we partake in as followers of Jesus. 
is this what John's talking about? Well, the answer to that is no. And yes. No, this is not about communion. We don't have eternal life through the practice of communion. Uh, we don't have eternal life because we eat a little bit of bread and we drink a little sippy cup of juice. That's not what gives us eternal life. And so, no, this is not about communion. But yes, communion is the perfect reminder of what this is all about. How do we eat the bread? The answer is, yet again, the repetitive theme of John's gospel is this is all about belief. If we go back to verse 47 and 48, just as one example, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. And so we, we partake of Jesus' body and blood through belief in him. And so communion reminds us of that giving of his body and blood. It reminds us that, that the way in which eternal life was won for us was that his body was broken and given to us, that his blood was shed as a payment for your sin and my sin and the sins of all who put their faith in him, all the world, I believe, but we access that through faith in him. But the eating of the flesh, the, the drinking of the blood in the context of John chapter 6 is all about belief. Just as Jesus is not talking about magical bread, communion is not a magical activity that wins for us eternal life. It's an act of remembrance about this reality, that through belief in Jesus we have eternal life. And so this was a turning point for Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of John. Uh, it was a moment where many turned from him. Uh, so I just want to take a moment to, to reflect on, on a warning about grumbling and taking offense before we land this morning. See, lots of people struggled with what Jesus had to say here. In John chapter 6, verse 41 and 42, um, we're told... After Jesus said that he was the bread that came down from heaven, we're told, At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? And so their stomachs weren't full. They were perhaps a little bit hangry. We've all been there. And they started to grumble. In verse 60, we're told on hearing it, after Jesus said that his body and uh, his, his bread to eat and his, flesh, his blood is um, drink, to be drank. We're told in verse 60, on hearing it, many of his, his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? And so we're told at this point that many of his followers, his disciples, people who were told, spoken of as disciples of Jesus, turned from following him. 
Uh, Jesus then turned to the 12 and said, are you going to leave too? And, and Peter speaks up on behalf of them and says, well, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. But, but this was a moment where many people who had chosen to follow Jesus were offended. They grumbled, they were offended, and they turned from following him. And so we too can take offense when Jesus doesn't do what we expect him to do. We might pray for bread or for healing or for provision, or for any kind of thing that we believe we need in this life, we hope for in this life. And if Jesus doesn't come through in the way that we expect him to, we we can take offense or grumble. Uh, We can take offense when Jesus says something we find uncomfortable. Here it was, I am bread. We might find some of Jesus' hard words for followers of Jesus or we might find some of Jesus' words about uh, eternity and judgment uncomfortable and grumble and take offense. And so they were offended by what Jesus said and Jesus, being perfect, wasn't in the wrong in this case, but But Jesus isn't the only one we can be offended by. We can take offense when someone, a a pastor, a friend, a brother and sister in Christ, the church doesn't do what we think they should do. Doesn't meet the need that we kind of have this expectation that they'll need or they might say something that makes us uncomfortable and, and we can take offense or grumble. And so while this passage is about Jesus being the satisfaction for our deep spiritual need, it's also a warning about grumbling and taking offense. They were offended by what Jesus said. They grumbled when, they didn't, when he didn't fill their stomachs. But the danger is that they chose to stay in offense and walked away. And the danger is that grumbling and offense has the potential to cut us off from blessing. The tragedy is that this passage is that people were offended by what Jesus said and walked away from the bread of life. Sometimes people hurt us and sometimes that's because they've done the wrong thing. We're not perfect like Jesus. Jesus wasn't doing the wrong thing. But sometimes I think Jesus shows up or Jesus speaks through people that might offend us. And if we walk away, we don't hear what Jesus wants us to hear. And so this passage, among many things, shows us that sometimes the very thing we need to hear comes from someone who we are offended by. And so this passage is a warning. Not that there's never justification to be offended by something. Not that there's never justification to say to set boundaries around things. But it's a warning to be careful on what we allow us to live in offence about. Allow ourselves to live in offence about. Don't let yourself be one who walks away from the very thing that Jesus is trying to give you, trying to say to you, trying to sow into your life, trying to bless you with because you're offended by something.
I want to finish with this this morning. The question uh, I, I want to f- leave us with this morning is, are we just looking for breakfast? Are you just looking for breakfast? Or perhaps it's morning tea or afternoon tea or dinner. By that we mean, as we've talked about in this passage, are we just seeking Jesus as the filler of our stomach or the, meet, the, the one who meets our material need? Uh, don't get me wrong, God is our provider. The scriptures say, he who gave us Jesus, will he not give us all things? It's God's desire as a father to give good gifts to his children. He is our provider. He is the meter of meter. Is that a word? The, the one who meets is a better way to say it. Our physical needs is the one who fills our stomach. Every good gift has come down from the father of heaven. In Philippians 4.19, it says this. Let me flip there. Philippians 4.19, the Apostle Paul says this to the Philippian church, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so I want to affirm this morning that Jesus is your provider. But do you come to him just looking for breakfast? Because Jesus wants us to look beyond our physical needs. He wants us to look beyond our material needs. He wants us to look beyond the needs of this world, the temporal needs of this world, to our eternal need, the needs of our soul. He wants us to look beyond what we can get from him, uh, to look beyond this moment's needs and desires, and look to him for him. Because he is the bread of life. In that same chapter, Philippians 4, a few verses earlier, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about living with lack and living with plenty. In verses 12 and 13, he says this, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And so Paul had learnt the secret of living with both a full stomach and an empty stomach, living with both uh, all his needs met and living with many needs going unmet. And that secret was he was full of Jesus. He was full of Jesus. And so this is what Jesus is trying to lead us to. He's trying to lead us to this place where, yes, he's our provider, but but it doesn't matter if I'm hungry. It doesn't matter if I'm thirsty. It doesn't matter if I lack the things that I feel that I need and want in this life. I'm satisfied because I'm full of Jesus. Are we just looking for breakfast? Or are we looking to Jesus and finding in him satisfaction for our souls. Again, the message of John is simple yet profound. The appeal of John chapter 6 is this, believe in Jesus and never hunger again. Eat and drink Jesus and have eternal life in his name. Let me finish in prayer
and then we're going to worship Jesus as the one who satisfies the deepest need that we'll ever have. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that through him you satisfy every need. We thank you that through him you are our provider. We thank you that you will satisfy all our needs according to the glorious your glory in Christ Jesus. But we also come to you now seeking not what you can offer us, not seeking just bread, not seeking just breakfast or lunch or dinner, but seeking Jesus. I pray this morning that whatever our physical need, whatever our material needs in this moment, whatever we feel we're blessed with, whatever we feel we lack in this moment, whether we're in lack or in plenty, I pray that right now in this moment by the Holy Spirit we would all be filled with Jesus, not just to satisfaction but to overflow. May we not just seek Jesus for bread, but may we seek him as bread, as the bread of life. In his name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.